sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It'll help us every day. We'll brighten all the way if we keep on the sunny side of life. Hello and welcome to Easy Bake Takes the Podcast, the podcast where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. I'm Kat. And I'm Riley. And this week, what did we watch? We watched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. A little bit of background information about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It was rated PG-13. It was released December 22nd of 2000. It has an hour and 42 minute runtime, and it's classified on Google, at least, as a comedy musical, but it is a Coen Brothers movie, so it can be classified as a bunch of other things at the same time. Did you watch this movie growing up? Because I did a lot with my family. I think I started watching it around either middle school or high school age. Mm -hmm. First time I saw it, I probably watched it a bunch over and over and over again in a small amount of time. For me, this was my family's favorite movie, so I've been watching it all of my life. So the plot of this movie is it's loosely based on Homer's The Odyssey, having the opening quote be the actual opening line from the book. And it follows Ulysses Everett McGill and his companions Delmar and Pete in 1937, rural Mississippi. The trio escapes from a chain gang and are headed to Everett's home because he told them that he was trying to recover some treasure when in reality he's trying to stop his wife from getting remarried. The trio encounters a lot of interesting characters, some of which being characters that are related to the Odyssey, such as the Sirens. The Cyclops being Big Dan and Papio Daniel, who is actually filling in as the part of Zeus in the Odyssey. And aside from that, they run into a clan rally and other hijinks on their way. This movie was written and directed by Ethan and Joel Cohen, who you might know best for Big Lebowski, True Grit, or No Country for Old Men. They also work with cinematographer Roger Deakins, who has worked with them on the films that were listed, as well as most recently doing the cinematography for the movie 1917. As I said earlier, it's adapted from The Odyssey. The cast includes George Clooney playing Everett, John Turturro playing Pete, Tim Blake Nelson playing Delmar, John Goodman playing Big Dan, Holly Hunter playing Penny, Chris Thomas King playing Tommy Johnson, Charles Durning playing Papio Daniel, and Wayne Duvall playing Homer Stokes. Oh, it's a full cast. It's amazing. It's, you know, Coen Brothers movie regulars. Mm-hmm. And then I have a little bit of trivia. So not a little bit. I have a lot of trivia. So the title of the movie is actually a reference to Preston Sturge's 1941 film Sullivan's Travels, in which the main character is a director trying to make a movie called Oh Brother Where Art Thou. The film actually is the first film to use digital color correction for its entire duration. Everett's Cabin at the end that they show is actually modeled after the cabin in Sam Raimi's The Evil Dead. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, because the Coen brothers are actually friends with Sam Raimi, so they were just like, they threw it in as a little joke with him. I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah. A kind of funny fact is that the American Humane Association thought that they actually were harming the cows in the movie because it looked so real. Oh no, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, when they're shooting at them. Yeah, that that does actually look real. I will give them credit. That's some good, not good, but it's like it looks realistic. But when the car hits the cow, that looks that's some crappy CGI. Yeah, that's the one that was mentioned too. When the cop oh, car God, hits the that cow, that did not look. They thought that was really convincing. 
Also, I didn't know this, but Papio Daniel is like based on a one-time Texas governor who also went on to be a senator, I think, who was also named Papio Daniel. And he had like, his campaign was based on like selling flour, almost exactly the same as <laughs> Papio Daniel in the movie. That is so funny. Well, when you have a name like Papio Daniel, that's just a, that's a funny name. That's a fucking Southern governor. That is a 1930s name right there. Mm -hmm. Another thing is that the soundtrack itself actually surpassed the film in its success. Mm. And by 2001, it sold 5 million copies, had a documentary film made about it, mm -hmm. had three follow-up albums, two concerts, and won a country music award for album of the year. And the song Man of Constant Sorrow won song of the year. And it also won five Grammys, including Album of the Year. It's insane. It won Album of the Year? At the Grammys, yeah. Holy crap. That is, I didn't know that. I knew the soundtrack was successful, but I didn't know to yeah. that extent. That's crazy. I saw something that said at one point it was number one on the Billboard's Top 100 chart. Mm -hmm. At some point, I think like a few months after the movie came out, it made it to number one. That's insane. Oh my gosh. It's a, it's a good fucking soundtrack, it is. you know? We learned the songs to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I literally was playing those songs on guitar mm -hmm. earlier today because of watching yeah, this movie. You learned them. Yeah. My sister actually, uh, my older sister used to sing me the uh, Go to Sleep, You Little Baby. I love that song. She used to sing that to me whenever I couldn't sleep as a kid. Aww. This movie actually was initially inspired by Wizard of Oz, but the brothers mm -hmm. realized that it was the story they were building was closer to the Odyssey. So they were just like, let's say it's the Odyssey. Yeah. That's literally a quote from one of the Coen brothers. Like they just decided <laughs> they're like, let's just say it's the Odyssey. That's so funny that you accidentally created a, a story, not similar to the one you were aiming, but very similar to another one you were aiming for. There you go. To follow that fact, neither of them have actually read the Odyssey. <laughs> Oh my god. And they only they only know about it from like, you know, it's a part of pop culture mm -hmm. and like from other film adaptations of it. So mm -hmm. it's not like they don't know the story. They just hadn't read it. And actually, <laughs> Tim Blake Nelson was the only person on set who had actually read the Odyssey. That doesn't surprise me. Not even a little bit. He looks like someone who's read the Odyssey. I think he went to Brown and like studied literature oh, wow. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And if they haven't read it at this point, that means that I have read The Odyssey and the Coen brothers <laughs> haven't. I always assumed they were so, I was like, they're so smart. Of course they read The Odyssey. Of course they made their own types. That's so funny. That just tells you like, just make a movie. If it's loosely based mm -hmm. on something, just say you're, <laughs> just, yeah. just go with it. You know? Just run with it. You don't have, you don't have to actually do it. <laughs> and then something about the intro of the movie, the people singing like that you mm -hmm. hear over it. That's a re an old recording of an actual chain gang singing. Wow. When George Clooney got the script sent to him, he sent it to his uncle Jack, who was a tobacco farmer in Kentucky, and had him read the entire script into a tape recorder for him, just so he could like figure out how he's supposed to sound and like... Oh, like accent wise? I guess so. Mm -hmm. And just like how the sentences would be said by like a deep South person. Mm -hmm. And they actually flew his uncle Jack out for the premiere and that was the first time he had ever been on a plane. Oh my gosh. I also have mentioned in here that a fact that you already know is that like George Clooney's mother, Rosemary, was like an amazing singer and known for her singing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And George Clooney was like, before they went into recording, he practiced really hard. But ultimately, his singing was dubbed over by Dan Tominski, who is actually shown in the concert scene at the end playing the mandolin on stage. George Clooney's singing was just not... Not what they needed. <laughs> you know what? It's really well done. 
because you wouldn't know otherwise. Oh, yeah. In the clan scenes, they had a lot of extras. And according to Joel Cohen, a lot of the extras were actually black actors. Oh, wow. And then a few goofs that were listed on its the IMDb page for this movie. If you don't know this, the rebel flag that's depicted at the KKK rallies in the movie weren't actually used by the KKK until the 1960s because of the civil rights movement. That's something that's wrong in there. And then the song You Are My Sunshine wasn't actually recorded and released until 1940. Mm. So that song didn't exist by the time this movie was taking place. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, Babyface Nelson died three years before this movie takes place. And he never actually robbed any banks in the South. He primarily robbed banks in the Midwest. And I think it was mentioned that he robbed a bank in San Francisco or something, but he never robbed banks in the South. So he wouldn't have been down there and he would have been dead. Oh, by that time period in the 30s? He had died in 1934. Oh, okay. And the movie takes place in 1937. I thought you were saying like before the movie was made. I was like, he lived that long? Well, duh. Yeah, he died about 70 years before the movie (laughs) was made. (laughs) Still a great character, though. It's like a little detail that's like, eh. Okay, that's all the trivia I have. So what did... I know you've seen this movie a lot of times. What did you take away from it watching it this time? It's one it's it's one of those movies where I feel like I see something new every time I watch it. I, I catch a little quote. I catch a little thing someone does, and it just enriches the movie that much more. Much like most Coen Brother movies. like They have good rewatch value. Exactly. It's like one of those things where like I see something new every time I watch a Coen Brothers movie. This movie of course, does that as well. I love the story in this movie. I love the characters. I love the dialogue. Mm -hmm. It's so quotable. I quote, me and Austin, we quote it all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on in, the water is fine. (laughs) It is, we say that all the time. Is, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite movies. I definitely, I think my most quoted line from the movie is, damn, we're in a tight spot. (laughs) Yes, I love that so much. Or, Oh, my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anything that specific that you took any notes on? Or I love uh, Delmar. Mm-hmm. He's my favorite character. He is just, <laughs> he's just so funny. Every Everything he says is hilarious. Mm-hmm. I also want to do a little shout out to Steven Root. He's the radio station player. Mm-hmm. And he is so much fun to watch in anything he's in. Mm-hmm. He's in Barry, uh, the Bill Hader yeah. show. He is... In everything I've ever seen in him, he is so fantastic to watch. He is one of my favorite. And I just, I just wanted to do a little, a little appreciation for him. Yes, I agree. Sorry, I'm just trying to pull up his IMDb. I couldn't, again, I couldn't name another one, but he's in Barry. If you haven't watched Barry, go watch it for him, at least. Barry's great. I mean, also Bill Hader. Yeah. Exactly. Barry plug for no reason. No, I have good. no association to Barry whatsoever other than I'm a huge Bill Hader fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Really, the cast in this show is amazing. Are you still talking about Barry? George Clooney is really good. Oh, no. I'm still talking okay. about the movie. Sorry. <laughs> Forgot to transition. Back to the movie. The cast in this is so mm-hmm. amazing. George Clooney is fantastic. John DeToro. Oh, my God. I love him. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. He's in the new Batman. Mm-hmm. Tim Blake Nelson. He's fantastic. I love him. I've seen him in so many movies, none of which take place more... Like, the movie itself takes place past 1950. He is always in, like, a period yes. kind of piece. Like Even in Holes, it's, like, it's set in, like, the 2000s, but... It might as well be <laughs> the Western. Um, John Goodman, mm-hmm. a force of nature. Mm-hmm. 
truly. That's all I'm going to say about John Goodman. Force of nature. Yes, I would agree. Um, mm-hmm. Is that is that everything you have? I just found out Holly Hunter is in that movie. Yes. She's the wife. Yes. I'd never put that together. Yeah. Never put that together. She's fantastic. Miss Incredible herself. I know, exactly. Okay, so that, that's all you have for right now? Mm-hmm, for right now. So I only had a few things written down as well, because it's like, I've, we've, you know, seen these, this movie a lot of times. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's not really one that I'm, like, pulling notes on. It's really just, like, appreciation for it. I'm not even critiquing it either, because I love all of it. So I'm not really critiquing anything. Because, like, the reasons that we'll, we'll get into in a minute when we go to the critic reviews, the reasons people would critique it aren't really reasons that I have any, I don't have an issue with the things they critique it about. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some topics like you know race related topics that we don't aren't really the people to talk about those yeah and like I haven't looked into enough what those issues might be so I'm not gonna talk about those ones because that's not really my place to talk about mm-hmm. but some things that I did write down the music really is the best thing about this movie it's definitely a watch this with your dad movie mm-hmm. the person I watched this movie with the most a lot of Colin brother movies are so they really are they're dad movies but like they have merit to them it's not like some boring movie it's not quite a tarantino film. it's not a ta- it's not a tarantino flick you know you're not gonna get you're not gonna have to mm-hmm. be really uncomfortable sitting next to your dad watching this movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> something i noticed though when i was watching it is that everett is definitely not bathing but he is still just short just go ahead and add more pomade on top of your hair that'll Mm-hmm. that'll really put it together but you're caked in dirt so whatever but yeah your hair sure you said basically like you know you you notice new things you mm-hmm. hear new quotable things from the movie mm-hmm. you notice new jokes i think i've noticed this but i just found it so much funnier this time mm-hmm. when um you know they think pete got turned into a frog and delmar is sitting in the front and he's like of course it's pete look at him <laughs> of course it's pete look at him <laughs> i love that part it makes me, uh, that whole scene makes me cackle. It's so good. It's great. But yeah, that's really all I had written down. Because again, I'm not pulling things apart. No. I'm just enjoying the whole thing. It's like. I would consider this a low stakes movie, personally, because it's not really super plot heavy. It's really just like hijinks and it's just. Right, exactly. You're, you're just doing the next thing to the next thing. But it's so good. It's entertaining. It is. It is. Anything else to add before we move on? Um, not right now. Okay. So we'll move on to the critic reviews. I will say I tried to find negative ones, and there are some that, like, are kind of negative, mm-hmm. but most of them were dead links because mm-hmm. this movie's from 2000, so it was a little hard to find as many reviews for it that still were up. So a lot of them are positive for the most part, or, like, a little mixed, but I just want to say that so it doesn't seem like I'm only looking for positive reviews of this movie. Yeah, you're not. You're, yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to be biased. Yeah. So the first one I have is from CNN and was written by Paul Tatara in 2001. And this review was titled An Oddball Odyssey. So Tatara says that this film's not really built around the narrative as much as it is built around nutty situations that the Coen brothers wanted to film. Mm-hmm. says that the movie's funny but inherently useless mentions that idiotic people using long words is a coen brothers trope and references raising arizona mm-hmm. which like i agree that is a thing they do i don't think that's a, a a con though see exactly it's not a negative to us but some people just don't like that i guess still says that this movie was f- funnier than all of the other comedies that came out the same year mm-hmm. and that it was well casted 
and that the Coen brothers shoot, quote, graceful, beautifully conceived footage, and also praises Roger Deakins' cinematography and Dennis Gassner's production design. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it still seems like they understand Mm -hmm. that it has... It has stuff there going for it, but I guess they just don't think it's mm-hmm. award deserving, even though it did. It won, some of the actors won Golden Globes and stuff like that for it. But mm-hmm. Stupid characters using big words. That's funny. It's hilarious. That's comedy. That's comedy. <laughs> I don't know what. Obviously, they thought it was funny because they said it was funnier than all of the other comedies that came out that year. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But they just don't think it's, I guess they don't think it's, it should have as much merit. I don't know. I'm, yeah. That's what I'm getting from it. That's their opinion. Um, <laughs> it sure is. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. It is from Q Network, written by James Kendrick in 2011. Uh, this was for when it was released on Blu-ray. He wasn't sure how to feel about the movie upon like the first watch, but mentions that Coen Brothers movies require multiple watches to get the most out of them. True. And then mentioned that the film managed to maintain some of the Odyssey's plot devices, you know, like the sirens and the cyclops. Says that it was beautifully shot and the technical aspects of the film were superb. And quote, Oh Brother Where Art Thou spends most of its time throwing absurdity up on the screen and hoping it sticks. The Coens, as always, Joel directed, Ethan produced, and they both wrote the screenplay, managed to maintain a genial slapstick tone that coats the ridiculous plot devices and outrageous characters and makes them just slick enough to swallow. After first seeing it, I wasn't sure how this meal would settle over time, but the years have proved that, while not one of Cohen's deeper films, it is certainly one that rewards multiple viewings, end quote. Coen brothers, they, you need to watch them two to three times just to get really get it all get the most out of it and i think that movies that have rewatch value are important Mm -hmm. too you know like i think that's a a feat in and of itself absolutely i don't like movies that i will only watch one time i'm not a huge fan of that yeah like uncut gems i'm only i only wanted to watch that once i've seen that movie like 10 times so it's like the opposite factor going on for that i don't like being stressed out and mad at adam sandler okay I don't like it. <laughs> that movie, the more, for me, quick sidebar about Uncut Gems, the more I watched it, the more I found myself laughing at the movie. Not in a bad way. It's just like... You're laughing at like the absurdity of it? The absurdity of it. And just like remembering, like, because the more you watch it, the less you, not take it seriously, but like the more you let go on the anxiety of what's happening and just kind of just watch what's happening. That makes sense. Right? Because like, it's just one of those movies. The more I watched it, the more I realized... I'm just going to enjoy Yes, happening. I guess you kind of desensitize yourself to it a little bit. Honestly, that's probably the best way to describe what I did with that movie. That's fair. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I totally understand. It took a while to get to that. <laughs> My hands were sweaty at the end of the, watching that movie the first time. Right. I saw that movie on Christmas Day mm-hmm. with my dad. <laughs> is that a watch with your dad movie? It is absolutely 100% not. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Just don't. I would agree. It was a mistake. <laughs> and he was so upset at the end. He was like, I'm never, I'm never watching that movie again. Because he has, he gets like, he doesn't get stressed out in movies. When there's gambling going on, oh my god, he can't. Is he just judging the the gambling decisions the whole time? It stresses him out. It really yeah. just stresses him out. Yeah, no, I get that. I guess I don't like this is this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I just <laughs> I'm gonna say it. I I guess I just don't like movies or like characters that like their whole character is just they will never make the right decision. 
Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I, don't, I can't root for you. <laughs> I can't. You want them to be rational at some point. Yeah. Like, you want them to snap out of it. It's realistic to, like, a gambling addiction. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's what's stressful about it. It's like, you yeah. know people out there that exist like that. They just live their lives like that. But moving back to O Brother Art Thou. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that sidebar. Getting back to what we were talking about. The last critic review I have um, is from The Guardian and was written by Luke Buckmaster in 2020 for the 20th anniversary of the movie. Buckmaster says that the movie is absurdly e- entertaining and witting. They also praise the soundtrack, says that the movie stood apart in its uniqueness, and quote, an absurdist time capsule of a period that sort of existed and sort of didn't. The film's intellectualism is inseparable from its willing embrace of nothingness, end quote. And ends the review with, quote, so much to love, so much to revere, and yet trying to make sense of O Brother Where Art Thou comes part and parcel with the sensation that one is being deliberately led down the garden path. End quote. Okay. You can try and make sense of the movie, but it's pointless. You're not, it's not supposed to really make sense. That's the whole thing. I don't think you should be, I don't want to say don't take it seriously, because that's not what I mean, but it's like one of those things where let, let yourself, just let the movie take you where it's going. Look at the silly funny. It's a quirky, quirky movie. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge it. Just acknowledge that it's not going to be, it's it's not an accurate period piece. It's it's goofy. Let it be. It's definitely, I understand why some people might not like the movie. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say nonsensical, but it's like, you know, like one of the first critics said, like, it's not contingent on the plot or the narrative. So it's mm-hmm. really just like watching hijinks unfold. Mm-hmm. and seeing like goofy little scenarios and crazy characters mm-hmm. and odd situations happen and that's really all it is it's not really something that has to make sense and it's not intended to you know some people just don't like that they want a narrative they want a plot they want something to follow and that's okay all right you ready to move on to the audience mm-hmm. i'm gonna just say a few things that i found a lot and i didn't include these reviews as much Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people who didn't like the movie said that they didn't smile or laugh once during it Mm -hmm. some people found the movie to be too long and then there were just general complaints about it being based on the odyssey i guess people not realizing that it's like very very loose it is a loose concept the first review i have is a five star review from nine months ago on google reviews that says i don't know what some of these professional critics and professional critics is in quotation marks Mm-hmm. have against amazing movies, but this is definitely one of the greatest timepiece stories of any movie in the 2000s, maybe even of the last few decades. And the script writing is brilliant, witty, ironic, and at times makes sly nods to real things of the time. Pappy O'Daniel, Tommy Johnson, the actual damning of the so-called Treasure Valley, George Nelson, etc., further cementing its genius. 10 out of 10 if I could give it 10 stars. Nice. Which I agree. It's kind of, I don't want to compare it to Forrest Gump, but it has like a similar thing where it's just like, you know, Forrest Gump's really not a narrative structured thing. It's also just hijinks unfolding and depicting the time period. Yeah, going through the decades kind of thing. That's another thing I like about Oh Brother Art, though. It's really just like painting you a picture of what the 1930s was like. Mm -hmm. We'll move on to some negative ones. This first one's from IMDb. It's a 1 out of 10 from February of 2001. And it is titled, What a Piece of Garbage. So they say. (laughs) I'm already angry. (laughs) (laughs) I went to see this movie because a few of my friends said they liked it. There was about 35 people in the movie and not once did I hear a laugh. This movie, I noticed, is in IMDb Top 250. And I, for one, cannot figure out why. It just leads 
to believe that my friends and the people who voted this piece of garbage in the top 250 can no longer be trusted to tell me what to see. Sorry, I'm just taking it in. (laughs) They sound like they can't, like they decided they didn't like the movie because other people in the theater weren't making noise. Mm -hmm. And that was just kind of like, because they've ever seen something and you're like, I don't know how to feel about it. And then one person says their opinion, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's how I feel about it, too. Yes. And you just kind of tell yourself that's how you, it is, and you think that. They didn't hear people laugh. Therefore, they're like, oh, it must not be good. It sounds like this person doesn't have an original thought. I was thinking the same thing, considering mm-hmm. that they referred to the IMDb to Top 250 and their friends as a source of telling them to watch the movie and saying that they can't be trusted anymore. It's like, why don't you figure out what you like? Right. Because they didn't list anything they actually didn't like about the movie. They just talked about what other people thought mm-hmm. about the movie. To me, that's my first, I mean, that's the first thing. Have a, You don't know what you like. Exactly. When I go see horror movies in the theater, I get more scared of them in the movie theater than I would at home. Because people are screaming right next to you. Yeah, you hear people going, <gasps> Yeah, exactly. Flinching and jumping over, mm-hmm. po- like, jump scares and stuff. Yeah. That's why I think, like, any movie that you watch in the theater that you just, like, maybe you don't know how you feel about it, rent it when it comes out on DVD or streaming. Mm-hmm. Then you'll know. You'll know a little bit better of how you feel about it. Or if you watch it with a group of friends, that really, that really sways, that sways opinions. You'll say movie is the greatest movie of all time and it's the worst thing. Just because Mm -hmm. five other people in the room were going like, I really like this. (laughs) Your trusted advisors said no. (laughs) Especially if you're in high school too. Yes. Because I'm sure there were many movies where like, this is good. And then... (laughs) It's, it wasn't. I can't think of one, but I know, I know that's probably happened. <laughs> but we'll move on to the next review. This is a star and a half from 2021 on Letterboxd. The film did not do it for me at all. I grew up with this legendary soundtrack, though, and there are no complaints there. Watched this when I was 15, but I don't remember having any thoughts on it besides it is a movie. Accepting that the Coen brothers are just really, really, really hit or miss for me. Hey, I'm not going to criticize this person too hard. It sounds like a fair opinion. No, yeah, this this is like the most level-headed I've critique of a movie I've ever heard. Yeah, they're like, they're just hit or, like they said they are hit, hit or miss for me. Yeah, not like- In general. It just, because I hate it, it's terrible. Exactly. And I can respect that. Oh, That's yeah. fine. And they love the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you like the soundtrack but hate the movie, I mean, I can't, I'm not gonna argue with you. Exactly. So the next review, this is an IMDb review for- That is a 1 out of 10, November of 2002, and is titled, What a Disappointment. I'm a fan of the Coens since Spartan Fink, and for me, Fargo is one of the best movies ever. But I don't get this movie. It sucks. It sucks hard. I haven't laughed once, and I hated all this this singing. It made the movie slow, too long, and boring. There isn't more to say. Just don't rent it. (sighs) I can see you having internal fighting because this person liked Fargo. Yeah, because like, how do you... Maybe they don't like Southern humor. Maybe they just like Midwest humor. It's one of those things because like, they're like, I didn't laugh once. I'm like, did you laugh during Fargo? And not to say Fargo doesn't have like funny little moments, but comparing Fargo to Oh Brother, We're Out There, I'm not saying they were, but just the fact that they threw it in there and they said they like Fargo. It's just like, it's so interesting to think because I would say Oh Brother, We're Out There is a comedy <laughs> compared to Fargo. Oh, yeah. It, Fargo's quirky in its own way, but I don't. I don't think they're similar in humor whatsoever. This Oh Brother, We're Out Thou is way funnier than... I don't think they're saying that Fargo was funny. I think they're just saying the humor used in Oh Brother, We're Out Thou was not theirs. Right, cause it, and that's what I'm trying to say. They are different. I just, 
I, I think what I'm trying to say is just like I'm trying to process like why they would like Fargo but not this movie and I'm kind of rambling at this point. They said they hated all the singing. It is kind of, you know, it's considered to be a comedy and a musical. Right. They're very different movies. Is similar, but like different. Very different. You know, like there's there's always, is there a Coen Brothers movie you don't like? As of right now, no. Oh, well, I, I know the ladies killers from them is really hated. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, everyone hates that movie. Okay, that's probably why I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, they buried it. <laughs> yeah. It's fair. They like Fargo. Mm-hmm. Oh, Brother Out Thou is very different from Fargo. So, I, you know what? It, I, I can understand the reasoning. Oh, yeah. A little bit. But, like, it just baffles me because everyone I've showed this movie loves it. But we also live in the South. So, I feel like that has something to do with it. <laughs> it, it might, yeah. <laughs> In my little bit. The next review I have is from Letterboxd and is a star and a half and is from January of 2022. And they say, I've held off on this one for a while because I knew it wasn't for me and I was right. The film really wasn't for me. I just didn't find myself invested in anything that was happening to the characters. I will admit that some of the shots look nice and the music was quite cool. Maybe one day I will suddenly change my mind and like this film, but for now, I don't think it is worth anyone's time. I like the optimism. Yeah. I like the future optimism. They haven't completely written it off. No, which I, uh, I can appreciate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> one day, my friend. <laughs> one day. I'm hoping for the best for you, my friend. Good luck on your endeavors. <laughs> oh, see you on the other side. <laughs> So our next review is a 1 out of 10 from IMDb from June of 2001, and it is titled, Why Did the Cows Have to Die? There are worse things in this movie going on than some cows. A few things I would say are probably worse. What they say. Let's see their reasoning here. Oh, there's more? Yeah, that's not their whole review. That's just the title. Oh my gosh. That was just like that little caption. Okay. This movie is straight up bad. My friends all recommended this movie, and I was hugely disappointed. This was terrible. I studied the Odyssey, and I'll stick with the classic text. The scenery was bland and dull. Don't care if it if it meant something. Nothing about this film was funny. <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back was the shooting of the cows by Jimmy from The Practice. Why? I realize that my steak and burgers come from a violent process, but that scene in the movie stirred up my hatred for this poor excuse of a film. The music was horrible. Thankfully, Blockbuster let me exchange the movie that night for Men of Honor, which was a fabulous film. There was absolutely no redeeming quality in this movie, the dialogue was elementary, and the overall quality was poor at best. There is literally like an almost lynching that happens in this movie. <laughs> There's so many things about this review. I want I want to start screaming. The straw that broke the camel's back. Th- that's the thing that th- that that broke the camel's back. Really? Okay. It's the cow dying. And also not real. It's just it's not, not a real cow. That's not a real. It's not a real cow. It's fine. It's not real. You're gonna be okay. Did they go back to the movie store and get a? No, they were. They traded it. They traded it back in for Men of Honor, which they said was a fantastic film. I haven't even heard of that movie. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Robert De Niro. It is, in fact, a war movie about a Navy diver and the man who trained him. This sounds so boring. It's it's not, It's like underwater, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like one setting. Oh, I've already made my point. Mm-hmm. 13 people gave it a thumbs down, so we're not alone on this. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't think we were. <laughs> okay, so the next one I have is from a year ago on Google Reviews, and they say... Movie, somewhat good in 1.5 speed, otherwise not good at all. What? 
seen. It wasn't even two hours. It was an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, that's that's hardly. I. Oh, my God. Okay. Do people say this movie's long? No, it's not. Most movies are around this time. Mm-hmm. I would consider this this day and age because everyone thinks their movies have to be three hours now, which I detest. I detest. I'll be really excited to see a movie and then realize it's more than two hours and then rethink about seeing that movie because I don't like sitting that long in a theater. I didn't even know Paul Dano was in the new Batman because I fell asleep before he took his mask off. It's honestly, it is so long. It takes away from him. It is. It's so long. It takes away from that movie. That movie could be really good if it just sat around two hours. Maybe two and a half. Two and a half I could have done. It went longer than that. I'm staring at the floor because I'm I'm ready to get up and leave. I literally went to sleep. It was just so long. It didn't need to be that long. It wasn't entertaining enough to be that long. Nope. Nope. And that's when I ran about the new Batman. That's why we won't be covering it. I'm not watching that movie. I'm not rewatching it. Let's go back. Let's go back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, you're good. I, we both, we were both involved in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next review I have is from Letterboxd. And it is a one-star review from 2016. This film was quite confusing to me. The thick southern accents made it hard to understand a word any of them said. The film literally was a modern odyssey wannabe. The plot did not interest me at all, and it was very boring. I really did not appreciate that they took someone else's story and added their own setting and characters that actually took away from the classic Odyssey. It's like that one that we read about. I forgot what movie it was, but it's like, I hate when people make their own things out of things. Hunger Games. Exactly. And there was another one where, like, they said, like, I hate when they take, like, classic monster ideas and change them. Like, that's art, dude. No, exactly. Like, we've said this, I don't know how many times. There's, I don't know what the exact number is. It's like 30-something possible storylines or there's only 36 or i think it was 36 it might be around that original stories Mm -hmm. every everything you see it it, it derives from one of those 30 something stories and i have no issue personally with reinterpretations of classic things yeah you know i think as long as it's done well and it's unique unique which i think this movie very much is it is not Mm -hmm. beat for beat the exact same thing in a southern setting Mm -hmm. it is very loosely based plot structure the odyssey Mm -hmm. and it has some like you know like the sirens and the cyclops and Mm -hmm. papio daniel being zeus it's a reinterpretation of the odyssey in 1930s mississippi (laughs) exactly how is that bad and i'm sorry you think you think the accents of this movie are hard to understand like put some subtitles on (laughs) yeah no kidding that's what they're there for there are some characters like sure i understand might be but like george clooney no george clooney's talking like george clooney in this movie steven root's character for sure yeah oh yeah you might (laughs) 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 oh that's something i i quote all the time it's not even an actual quote it's just an it's just a noise (laughs) i had the subtitles on he's going he's saying yeah 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 Oh, that's so funny. I just thought it was his own little... I remember that. <laughs> that was just his own little noise he was making. Yeah. That is so funny. He's, oh l- he's saying words. He's saying real words. Oh, that's funny. Okay, that I can understand. Yes, exactly. That I can understand. But mm-hmm. turn the subtitles on. You watched this in 2016. That means you were not in a movie theater. Yeah, So turn the subtitles on. Exactly. I do that for movies that are just... I hate when movies are too quiet. Yes, Back from the tangent. This is a 2 out of 10 from IMDb, written June 2001, titled More Like the Three Stooges Than the Odyssey. I I don't think that's a 
a bad thing. I would also agree. It's kind of like the if you took the three stooges and put them in the Odyssey, that's I feel like that's kind of like the bit. No, we, oh yeah, like it's I would say that it's it's a mixture of the two. But this person says, I was looking forward to seeing this well-reviewed movie. Was I ever disappointed? Pros, the actors did a great job with the material they had. The ending was a lot of fun. The music was fantastic. Cons, the computer-generated backdrops I found extremely irritating. They shot on location. <laughs> they, I mean. <laughs> Maybe there is a few that were computer generated. There, there's a handful, like especially like the flood scene. Yeah, like I know that's everything else is a, a set or on the on location at least. Um, but back to this review, Ulysses matched his famous predecessor in bravado, but not in brains or bravery. I like characters that develop, that learn something, even in a comedy. I've seen this kind of slapstick a thousand times. It did nothing original, even though it feebly alluded to literature. Poor Homer. I give it a 2 out of 10, but only because of the marvelous Soggy Bottom Boys. Oh, like the music. You know that thing I said a second ago about how I don't like characters that just make the same mistakes over and over again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everett's literally that. He, yeah. He does not learn. Nope. And I guess the way that the movie's set up, I don't care if he learns a lesson personally yeah uncut gems has like higher stakes yes and this movie ends with like a happy ending mm -hmm. actually i do actually have a critique for this movie okay this is a little random but the ending it only and we only get to see everett like we know delmar and pete live but where do they go i would agree like I, it would be nice to see where they would end up. Also, it's not an entirely happy ending either. They're still arguing. He didn't get the right ring. She's not. No, she's mad about it. He's going to have to keep proving himself. Yeah. And they still have a ton of kids. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I, I agree with that last part where they said they like characters that develop and that learn something. I don't think it's important for a character to have their whole mindset changed by the end of the movie because other characters did develop. It was really just the main character that didn't develop. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the last review I have is a four-star review from 2020 on Letterboxd. Somehow, I wasn't expecting this film to be a faithful depiction of mass politics in the Depression-era South, as well as a hilarious and occasionally poignant adventure. I stand Tim Blake Nelson, and the world needs the Soggy Bottom Boys to return. Also, this movie looks incredible. Shout out to Roger Deakins. Nice prolific for his cinematography so yeah and you said he did 1917 yeah he did 1917 he did blade runner 2049 oh my gosh gorgeous films what's your rating of this movie what are your closing thoughts I, because i think this movie is in my top 10 of favorite films i would say this is a 10 out of 10 film okay I do. I love this movie. Do you have anything else to add other than what you said? I know you, you came up with one critique. I came up with one critique. And I, I can't think of it anymore. I really can't. Mm -hmm. What would you rate it? I think I would also give it a 10 out of 10. Like any movie that we grew up watching, you know, it's going to have its flaws. Mm -hmm. You know, this movie really is not for everybody. I think it... I really wouldn't know who to suggest this movie to. But if you're curious and you like the Coen brothers, maybe... Watch this movie. If you're from the South, mm -hmm. definitely watch it. Mm -hmm. Watch it with your dad. Yeah. But really, let us know what you think. Um, you can contact us on Instagram and TikTok uh, at Easy Big Takes. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Easy Big Takes. I'm Kat. And I'm Riley. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.